It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. We're going to continue our performance review series today with the interior offensive line. And by the end of the show, we will be completed with all of the offense when it comes to looking back at the season that was for these individual players, talking about the impact they made, talking about their contract status, their age, and of course, what we can expect from them in 2020. So, I feel really good to be done with the offense today and picking things up with the defense starting next. And, um, of course, the same kind of structure we've had over the last week and a half or so since we started this series where I may call an audible. We might do something different, but my goal here is to get through all the position groups and really set the foundation for our offseason discussion once we get more heavily into free agency And, of course, the draft, understanding where we're coming from, what the starting point is, who the free agents are existing on the team, and who the players are that are the pillars of the roster that um, you feel good about being meaningful building blocks in the future, and especially in 2020. So let's start things off with Mitch Morse, the Bills' starting center. He was a 2019 free agent signing of Brandon Bean, 27 years old, turns 28 in April. He's entering year two of a four-year, $44.5 million deal. If he were to be released, the Bills would save $11.6 million in cap space and accumulate $10.2 million in dead cap space. The Bills didn't sign him to that deal last offseason for him to not be part of the mix in 2020. Uh, As with all players, I do want to share that information with you in terms of what would happen if they were released. Uh, It's just not a very likely scenario for Mitch Morse. Uh, In 2019, he started all 16 games, uh, but that resulted in 85% of the snaps because there was a couple of games where he got hurt and was not able to finish. And then, of course, John Feliciano kicked over and uh, filled in for him at center. And then Ike Botker actually played uh, the Week 17 game, almost all of the Week 17 game against the Jets at center. Uh, In those snaps, those 85% of the offensive snaps, Morse gave up one sack, one quarterback hit and 14 hurries. Those are all very low figures and was flagged for three penalties. If I was going to tag him in 2019, I would call him a quality starter. I think he absolutely lived up to his contract status in year one. Uh, Obviously outstanding in pass protection, outstanding uh, in the run game in terms of getting out in space, him climbing to the second level and blocking linebackers. The Bills had him do some longer pulls where he got outside the tackles and made blocks out in the boundary, and that meant a lot for the scheme diversity of the run game. And I really believe that Mitch Morse, while he's not the 
uh, most dominant drive blocker. You know, he's not going to necessarily be the best option for a guy being stacked right on top of him and being asked to clear that body out of the way 1v1 in a drive block situation. That's not going to be where he really thrives. But in pass protection, protecting Josh Allen, the most important thing probably for the offense protecting Josh Allen. Mitch Morse does that at a high level, and he brings more scheme diversity because of his athleticism and ability to hit blocks on the move. And it's not that he's just not a great like drive blocker 1v1. That's not his strength, but he is very good at combo blocks, scoop blocks, tag teaming with the guards, and climbing to the second level. And there's a lot of good timing in what he does there. So uh, a meaningful run blocker, just he wins a little bit differently than you know maybe some of the other centers that are really dominant in terms of play strength that are uh, that thrive in those 1v1 situations uh, when they have to move bodies in uh, you know power type runs. Uh, when I forecast him to 2020, I don't see any reason why there's going to be a drop off. I mean, he's a young player uh, and he should be continue to be a quality starter for the team. Um, I'm excited to see what he does in year two. Obviously, being in year two with the team, all the familiarity is going to matter a lot in, in the same scheme with a lot of the same players around him, Josh Allen, uh, that timing, all that stuff will be better. But also, let's not forget that Mitch Morse missed a ton of time over the uh, over the summer with that the head injury, uh, the concussion. I mean, he, he missed I mean almost pre all of preseason. And so I'm excited to see what Mitch Morse can do fully healthy going into the season uh, with a full year under his belt of familiarity with the team. So Mitch Morse is one of the Bills' best offensive players, one of the pillars of the offensive line, and so far looking like a slam dunk signing for general manager Brandon Bean. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next up, we're going to go to John Feliciano, the Bills' starting right guard. A 2019 free agent signing. He's 27 years old. He turns 28 in February, actually February 10th. So his birthday is in five days. So send him a tweet that, t- that says happy birthday. Um, he's entering year two of a two-year $7.2 million deal. If he were to be released, the Bills would save $3.6 million in cap space and accumulate just $750,000 in dead cap. In 2019, he started all 16 games, played 89% of the snaps. Uh, two of the games he, he filled in for Mitch Morse at center after Morse got hurt during the game. And I really appreciate a guy that wasn't necessarily prepared to play center in that game, being able to being able to slide over and uh, really you know fill in and make us not be concerned that Mitch Morse wasn't in the lineup. So I love that he can slide right over and shows that he can do that. You know, that's a difficult task for these guys. They, you got to think about it. You prepare all week long to play right guard, and then, you know, two series into the game, you're snapping the ball, and it's a different game. And um, when you have guys that can do that, it brings a lot of value to your football team. And John Feliciano uh, showed that he can do that in 2019. Uh, for the season, he gave up four sacks, four quarterback hits, 
16 hurries and was flagged for six penalties. In 2019, I would label him as as an average starter. Um, I think he he's not quite a quality starter. I think there's some inconsistency with his game, but definitely a starting caliber right guard. Um, a guy that you know kind of found his way a little bit throughout the course of the season after spending several years as a backup in, uh, with the Raiders, and then he finally gets his chance to start, and I thought he made the most of it. And then we kind of found out after the season that he played the whole thing with like a torn rotator cuff. So, um, you know, we didn't even see him at his best, at his peak performance. So excited to see what he can do in year two as a starter now that he has that experience, uh, knows the expectations. Uh, I think he can definitely come back and be, you know, the Bills' starting right guard in all likelihood. Um, he brought a lot of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Toughness, tenacity. Um, he brought an edge to the table. I, I really appreciated that about uh, John Feliciano, especially when you think about the offensive line in 2018 and where it was really missing that edge. I thought John Feliciano was one of the guys that was absolutely a tone setter for the Buffalo Bills offense, and you know you saw him getting nasty with guys uh, at you know to and through the whistle, just kind of mixing it up. And you know if somebody took a cheap shot on Josh Allen or one of the Bills' offensive skill players, John Feliciano was the first one there to go mix it up and let people know that hey, we're not going to tolerate that. That's not okay. Uh, and, and really, you know, stick his neck out for his teammates. And I I love that about Feliciano. So um, I think he did actually did a good job of like trailing some plays. He had some fumble recoveries this year. So he saved the bills from turning over the football a few times as well. So uh, I appreciate what he brings to the table. I think he can take a step forward and become even better. And I think there's reasons to believe he can just given the fact that he was injured uh, all season long and uh, that it was really his first season as a starter. So he should be much better equipped to step in next season and uh, lock down the right guard spot for the Buffalo Bills. Next up is Quinton Spain, a 2019 free agent signing. Noticing a trend here? All the, the Bills' entire interior offensive line were uh, free agent signees by Brandon Bean last offseason. So a really good job kind of piecing that together. Uh, he's 28 years old. He turns 29 in August. He's uh, ex- His contract has expired. He's a free agent. Uh, Bean signed him for one year, $1.75 million, and now he's uh, set to become a free agent if the Bills don't you know, reach a – an extension with him. Uh, looking at 2019, he started all 16 games and played 100% of the snaps at left guard. Uh, didn't come off the field. Did not give up a sack during the regular season. Only five hits on the quarterback and 25 hurries. He was flagged for two penalties. So very good raw data right there. Didn't come off the field. Didn't, didn't give up a sack. Didn't give up many hits and was only flagged for two penalties. I mean, that's really good when you're talking about, um, you know, just raw data when it comes to offensive linemen. In 2019, I would label him as an average to quality starter. Obviously, I love what he did in pass protection. I thought he did some good things in the run game, not necessarily a dominant run blocker, uh, but you know, brought some much-needed stability at that left guard spot after it was such a revolving door in 2018, and that really impacted the play of Deion Dawkins, which I talked about on the Monday show, how important having that stabilizing presence is not just for that position, that left guard spot to be right, but what it means for the players next to him. And, you know, Deion Dawkins, I think a big reason why he wasn't the player we wanted him to be in 2018 was simply because, you know, he had really bad football players next to him at guard. And that, that really affects your uh, your trust and your timing. 
and the continuity that really matters for offensive line play. So uh, Spain definitely was stabilizing and played well. Um, in 2020, it's going to be really interesting. Is he a player that the Bills are going to bring back? I could see it, but I get worried about Quentin Spain and maybe what he thinks he's valued at. You know, Quentin Spain was like a four-year starter for the Titans, and then he was like, uh, you know, second-tier free agent signing. I mean, he only got one year, $1.7 million after starting for four seasons for the Titans. So, you know, it's it's one of those deals where maybe there's a discrepancy between Quentin Spain and what the league thinks he is and what those contract uh, demands should be. And so... You know, I think he spoke pretty openly about his desire to be back and how he's kind of told his representation to try to get a deal done as quickly as possible. But, you know, we'll see what, you know, his real value is out there and what the Bills think he should be paid and, you know, what type of attention he can garner from other teams. It's going to be pretty fascinating. On one hand, I can see the Bills definitely wanting him back, right? McDermott and Bean have come out and said, we want as much of the 2019 team back as possible. And so that includes Quentin Spain. So you hear that on one hand, but then also I can kind of, you know, look at what currently exists on the roster and I can, I could come up with multiple different options of, as to who could be that left guard, that starting left guard. Maybe that's Spencer Long. Maybe that's um, Cody Ford kicking over to left guard and being the starter there. Uh, maybe it's Ike Bakker, who's been part of the system now for a couple seasons. We'll talk about him in a minute. But I think there's just some options in-house that could be the replacement. The Bills could go out and bring in someone outside the organization to start at left guard. So I think there's options, and and one of them absolutely is just bringing back Quentin Spain and, and having him continue as the left guard. Um, but I, I don't know that that's a lock. I, I would be in favor of it. I don't think you know Quentin Spain's a player that should get a huge, huge contract, but somewhere around, I don't know, maybe $7, 8000000 million a year seems reasonable to me. And, um, you know, he, he played every game, every snap, didn't give up a sack. And, um, you know, he's got the that big-bodied frame. You'd expect him to be even better as a run blocker, which he's been throughout his career. He's had some good seasons as a run blocker, but I think for him it's been really challenging because I think he's had five different offensive coordinators in five seasons, and so you never really get a real chance to uh, stay in one concept in terms of what they want you to do in the run game, and I think that's impacted him a bit. But you know, definitely a high upside player, a guy that you feel good about as one of your as one of your starters, and we'll see what his uh, what happens with his contract status. But like I said, there's a lot of different avenues that I can see the Bills going. Uh, with at left guard. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with the Locked On Podcast Network to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bills is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bills fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives you local companies the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bills fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, 
TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, let's dig back in with a couple more into your offensive linemen. Uh, Spencer Long is next on the list. He was acquired as a 2019 free agent signing of Brandon Bean. 29 years old, he turns 30 in November. He's entering year two of a three-year, $12.6 million deal with the team. But here's the deal. The rest of his contract is almost completely voidable. Um, The Bills would save over $4 million in cap savings this year and next year while only accumulating $700,000 in dead cap space. So... This was a very team-friendly deal, and you know if the Bills view Spencer Long as the starting left guard next year, uh, then they'll be more than happy to pay that the rest of that contract. But if Spencer Long is going to be a depth player and you have guys like Ryan Bates and Ike Bakker kind of waiting in the wings, and you think maybe Cody Ford can be a starting guard, then you know the Bills will probably think about releasing him because there's no reason to pay a backup that much money um, when you you know have a lot of big decisions to make with extensions and the draft class to sign and maybe being aggressive with going after a couple of free agents. So, you know, I, I can see Spencer long being back if the bills view him as a starter, but you know, given the contract structure, I could definitely see him being a player. The bills let go because of uh, just kind of the way that that deal was structured in 2019. He had played in 14 games with no starts. He wound up playing 16% of the snaps on offense four snaps at left guard and 169 at right guard. He gave up one sack, one quarterback hit, six hurries, and was not flagged for a penalty. In 2019, I would call him quality depth. Uh, Love that he can play multiple spots along the interior, uh, both guard spots as as well as center, a position that he's played uh, throughout his career, whether that was with the Jets or the Redskins previously. So he's got, you know, experience at multiple spots, uh, both as a starter and a backup. And I think that's kind of what he is for the Bills, quality depth. Um, the Bills will know more, right? They've been around him for, for an entire season to know more about him and his upside as a starter. Um, but, you know, for 2019, he was definitely just quality depth. Uh, and in 2020, that you kind of forecast him forward, it's a little bit challenging because if he's part of the team, you know, do the Bills view him as a versatile interior backup or does he have a legitimate chance to win the left guard job? And what does it mean for Quentin Spain? So there's some dominoes that need to fall here with Spain and Long that will give us some clues as to the big overview picture of the offensive line. You know, if they wind up not 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 uh, releasing Spencer Long and they bring back Quentin Spain, well, then you can you can bet everything that they view Cody Ford as a starting right tackle. Um, and that would pretty much cement the offensive line. I mean, literally, if those two two things happen, it's going to be Dawkins, Spain, Morse, Feliciano, and Ford, the exact same offensive line it was this year. 
if they start getting interesting with their moves with Long in Spain, then you can start to you know read read the tea leaves and understand that they plan on moving Cody Ford partic- uh, potentially inside the guard and, and going with Inseki or something else at, at right tackle. So there's there's some dominoes that will fall here, and one of them is Spencer Long. Last player I want to get to is Ike Bakker, um, UDFA in 2018. He was waived by the team uh, in September of 2018. He was claimed by the Chiefs. The Chiefs waived him 10 days after they claimed him, and then the Bills claimed him back, and he's been on the roster ever since. So literally, except for like a 10-day stretch in September of 2018, he's been on the team. Um, He's 25 years old. He turns 26 in October. He's entering year three of a three-year $1.7 million deal. He could be released, and it would be a clean savings of $660,000 against the salary cap. In 2019, uh, he played in two games, it wound up being 5% of the offensive snaps, and they all came in one game. That He played 54 snaps at center in Week 17 against the Jets, a game where the Bills were resting their starters, uh, gave up one quarterback hurry, and was not flagged for a penalty. So in 2019, I mean, he was developing depth. And so now he's had two seasons of time in the system, time learning the pro game, and I think – the Bills need to kind of figure out what they have here in Ike Bakker. Not that he's an expensive player. He does give you position flexibility to play any any of the three spots along the interior. Uh, but, you know, if he's going to be a meaningful piece, whether that is as the, you know, one of the primary backups uh, that dresses on Sundays or a guy that they can envision starting at left guard because he's been around for a while, you know, it's time to kind of – he's going to have to kind of define himself as a player here because he's entering a contract year – and, uh, you know, we kind of need to know what, what exists within Bakker. He's interesting because he's got an elite name, right? Ike Bakker. Couldn't imagine that guy not being a good offensive lineman. Comes from Iowa, but he was a UDFA. And, you know, obviously you can't just scout the helmet and say, well, he's an Iowa offensive lineman, so he's going to be good in the NFL. But he's got a lot of good things going for him in terms of what has traditionally produced good NFL offensive linemen. So um, I think it's a big we'll see year for – Ike Bakker, and you know if if he can show enough in preseason and camp, yeah, make a little bit of noise there, um, then the Bills will be in good shape to maybe identify him as a potential building block in terms of the depth of the offensive line, specifically on the interior moving forward. But if you know, it's one of those deals where these are the players that I always get interested in. Like, what what is the plan here? Because he's been on the team for two years. He almost never dresses. He hasn't really made many contributions, but he's still around. And I think the fact that you're still around despite not really producing anything for the team, it says a lot about the belief that the coaching staff and the front office has that you can develop into something meaningful. So it's time to kind of figure that out this year for sure. Um, and uh, see what type of long-term value he brings to the football team. So there you have it. There's the interior offensive line performance review. I think we uh, we can say pretty confidently what Mitch Morse is. I feel really good about John Feliciano as the right guard, and then there's some dominoes that have to fall to figure out that left guard position, and I think there's several different ways it could fall, which makes it pretty fascinating to monitor and see what happens Um over the course of the offseason, but um, whether it's bringing back 
It's Quentin Spain, you know, signing somebody from outside the organization. Brandon Bean's shown that he can identify offensive line talent that can come in and help the team, but then also, you know, it could be an existing player on the roster, whether that's Spencer Long, whether that's Ike Bacher, who's now entering year three in the system, whether that's Cody Ford kicking over from tackle. There's there's just plenty of different options of things that can happen here that makes uh, interior offensive line really interesting to me. That's going to do it for us today. I do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast And I'll be back again for you tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.